Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Discovery. Time flies when you're learning super cool stuff. I'm Nate. And I'm Callie. If you're dropping in for the first time, welcome to Curiosity, where we aim to blow your mind by helping you to grow your mind. If you're a loyal listener, welcome back. Today, you'll learn about how some cleaning products in your kitchen may be terrible for the environment even though they're labeled green, hot blobs of iron playing games with Earth's magnetic field, and how some far-out theories in physics predict there are infinite versions of you. Without further ado, let's satisfy some curiosity. I recently found myself in a bit of a quandary, Callie. Boy, that is a good word. Quandary? No, Callie. <laughs> well, anyway, I was a little confused about how to keep my home clean. I was honestly a bit stressed out. I knew clean was better, but I got caught up in the risks of cleaning. I'm not quite sure I'm following, Nate. Like, you know those neat single-serving pods that a lot of cleaning products come in nowadays? Oh yeah, those things are super great and really convenient. Yeah, not so fast. The plastic that the pods are made of dissolve into microplastics, not good for Mother Earth. So after more research, I learned that cleaning products, even the ones labeled green, can actually be pretty dang harmful to the environment and toxic to animals and humans. But thankfully, our good friends at the Environmental Protection Agency are on the case. First in their cross is something called phosphates. Okay, those I don't know. Give me the dirt on phosphates. Well, they're commonly used in dish and laundry detergents. They work great for cleaning, but they cause unnatural algae blooms, which are huge spikes in the population of algae in a body of water. And these blooms block the sun from other plants, then suck oxygen out of the water when they die. And all of this reduces biodiversity. So I don't want those things in my cleaning products if I can help it. I read that if you're trying to buy cleaning products that have the least environmental harm, you want to avoid dyes, fragrances, and phosphates. This is according to Jennifer Sass, who is a senior scientist at the Natural Resources Defense Council. Okay, wait, back up a bit. Did she say that we should avoid fragrances? Why would you need to avoid nice smells? Honestly, they might be the worst one. Fragrances sound harmless, sure, but Callie, what's in a fragrance? Uh, raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens? <laughs> I know you're joking, but you might not be far off. The federal government requires companies to disclose ingredients on the product labels except trade secrets like fragrances and flavors. So those fragrances could be made from anything, literally, and many have dozens or even hundreds of ingredients. Oh, come on, really? Yeah, really. It's kind of scary. But thankfully, there's hope. There are products on the market that don't have the same detrimental effects. Right, like organics. No, well, kind of. Products labeled green and organic are the sorts of things you're looking for, but according to our expert, Jennifer Sass, those labels are effectively useless. Nate, this hope drizzle of yours is starting to feel like a cold winter downpour with slush, maybe even sleet. And I kind of hate sleet. I know, but stick with me. Those labels don't have any official meaning. It's mostly just smart advertising. So while some of the products are fine, some aren't. The product stamp of approval you're looking for is from the Environmental Protection Agency, or the EPA and it's called Safer Choice. Any product with the Safer Choice stamp of approval has gone through rigorous reviews by the EPA. Wait, weren't they one of the villains in the original Ghostbusters? Yeah, and I've always found that strange. I think the EPA is trying to do right by the average citizen, and I think that with the Safer Choice program, they're doing us a real service. How so? For a product to be certified Safer Choice, the manufacturer voluntarily submits it, and the EPA reviews every single chemical in it. They test for negative effects, including if there's a cancer risk, reproductive and developmental toxicity, dangers to aquatic life, and how long they remain in the environment. Only the safe stuff gets the Safer Choice label. You can also check the EPA's online database at epa.gov slash saferchoice. 
There, they have resources to find products and ingredients that have passed their tests. And for antimicrobial products in particular, like hand sanitizer, they have an equivalent label called DFE, which stands for Design for the Environment. Okay, so the EPA is a Ghostbusters villain, but also a cleaning product hero? That's my stance, and things seem to be moving in a healthier direction for the country. New York has a strong stance on disclosing fragrances in cleaning products, and California recently put a law in place requiring the disclosure of similar ingredients in cosmetic and personal care products. There's also a law similar to the one in California currently being considered on the federal level. Okay, that's all honestly very reassuring. Good to hear. All right, Callie, now that I've shared with you, I got to finish cleaning my home in a responsible way. Otherwise, my friends will worry that I'm a garbage person. (laughs) If they don't worry about you, Nate, I worry about them. Good luck. Thanks, I think. Nate, who would win in a game of -of tug-of-war, you or me? Me. I'm bigger than you. Also, I get super competitive. My eyes lose focus. My mouth hangs wide. I kind of disassociate until the task at hand has been won. My friends call it the dark place. Terrifying. Okay, well, what if I were to tell you there's a massive game of -of tug-of-war happening underground right now? Oh, I would be so excited to find out there are mole people living in the earth. This tug-of-war isn't between people. It's between two giant molten blobs of iron in the outer core of the earth. They are massive forces that we don't ever notice. Their epic battle is happening right below our feet, and it's causing Earth's magnetic north pole to move around. Oh no, Santa's home is being relocated? No, that's the geographic north pole. I'm talking about the magnetic north pole, which is what your Boy Scout compass points toward. But this story isn't just about iron blobs in your compass. This has serious implications for your smartphone and how planes navigate the globe. Whoa, I didn't realize that the magnetic field played a role in all of that. Oh, it also does one teeny tiny other thing. It stops the sun from burning us all to a crisp. Consider me hooked. So you said this big shift was happening deep under the Earth's surface. Where at? Welcome to the outer core, a smoking hot, huge layer of liquid metal that is responsible for Earth's magnetic field. Now, the outer core borders a layer known as the mantle, which we all remember from school. It's there near the mantle core boundary where all this action is taking place. How deep is that in miles? The mantle core boundary is around 1,800 miles beneath the surface, almost halfway to the center of the Earth. Mm, How about in feet? Or wait, let's use a fun measurement. How deep is it in Twizzlers? (sighs) Okay. A Twizzler is 8 inches, so this incredible geophysical event that I'm trying to tell you and our listeners about is happening 14,256,000 Twizzlers beneath the Earth's surface, okay? Yes, thank you. Please continue. (laughs) This news comes from researchers in Denmark and the UK who have recently shared their analysis on over 20 years of data from the European Space Administration's Swarm Satellite Mission. They concluded that the cause of the pole's movement is these two large magnetic blobs of iron in the outer core. In the 1970s, there was only one blob. It was under Canada, way up north in the Nunavut Territory. 14.2 million Twizzlers beneath the surface. Yes, 28 million hands, Nate, or 1,800 miles. That blob elongated and eventually split into two. The stronger half began to move towards Siberia, and so the magnetic north pole shifted as well. However, since the late 90s, the Canadian blob has been getting smaller and the Siberian blob bigger. The result? We've got a magnetic pole that is moving at a surprisingly fast pace, three times faster than it was less than 20 years ago. Ooh, how fast? Like Usain Bolt fast? Usain Bolt, but on a massive scale. His record speed is 27 miles per hour. 
The magnetic North Pole is now moving at around 27 miles per year. The change has been so rapid that the geologists who published something called the World Magnetic Model were forced to push their latest release up a whole year, from 2020 to 2019. That map plays a role in many things, like I mentioned earlier. Plane navigation all the way down to the GPS on your smartphone. And remember what I said about burning to a crisp? Uh, yes. How could I forget? <laughs> well, the magnetic field is crucial to life on our planet. Among the other things, the strong magnetic field is protecting us from some of the nastier gusts of solar wind, which are streams of charged particles shot off the surface of the sun. Without the magnetic field, the atmosphere would be stripped away. That would be bad. Okay, so the magnetic field is super important to life on Earth, and the North Pole is moving rapidly. Are we going to be okay? Yes. Throughout Earth's very long history, the magnetic North Pole has been constantly moving. It even swaps with magnetic south from time to time. Geologists started tracking these shifts shortly after the British polar explorer James Clark Ross first identified the precise magnetic North Pole back in 1831. And while these shifts do cause some changes, life continues to go on. Honestly, I thought this story was going to be about how you were building an Iron Man suit to beat me in a tug-of-war and other children's games. My research on that story is not yet complete. But get ready, Nate. It's coming. Bring it on. <laughs> When Marvel introduced Doctor Stephen Strange in the MCU, I knew we were in for a major treat. Oh, totally. From the mysticism to the magic, I can't get enough of it. Like, characters having their spirit removed from their physical form? Uh, yes please. That's all very cool, but it's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about how his story opened the door to the MCU multiverse. Hey, spoiler alert. But, I, I mean, yeah. When the genius Marvel team dropped Spider-Man No Way Home, I mean, come on. Three Spider-Men from three different universes? Just mwah, beautiful. Well, chalk this up to another example of art imitating life. Because with some new theories about multiple universes, cutting-edge thinkers are taking the fiction out of science fiction. Are you about to change my concept of existence itself? Is the multiverse real? <laughs> Maybe. Our universe may not be the only one out there. It's not just Doctor Who, Captain America, and Buffy the Vampire Slayer asking these questions. Real researchers are diving in. I'm sure they'd let Sarah Michelle Gellar help if she wanted to. Well, there are a few theories she could pick from, but I want to start with the concept of multiverses. I'm in. Let's talk about mind-bending theories. Imagine it. Entirely independent universes in areas of space-time we can't see that could have their own stars, intelligent civilizations, and even wildest to me, their own laws of physics. I guess those laws of physics aren't universal if the universe isn't... universal. How does that work? There are a few multiverse theories, but the most prominent is inflation theory. You're telling me that the cost of buying a home and the multiverse theory have the same driving force? <laughs> Not quite. All good origin stories start with a bang. And our universe was born after the Big Bang. About 14 billion years ago, the universe was a thing called a singularity, which is an infinitely hot and dense point of matter and energy. Yeah, like a core power yoga studio. Even hotter. Suddenly, there was an explosion, and that dense bundle of matter began expanding, or inflating. But that rapid inflation lasted just a fraction of a second, billions of years ago. And it hasn't stopped. The universe is still expanding. But what if there were other singularities, other universes, no longer connected to our own, where that inflation also continued? Like they ran off ahead and we couldn't keep up? Sounds like my elementary school field day. Areas may have pinched off in a process that created separate bubble universes. I kind of like thinking of it as a drop of water from a faucet. The drop stretches away from the rest of the water until it separates for good and keeps moving. 
But where'd they go? They could parallel our universe, mirror it, or even just be far off in space-time. Are you telling me there's a parallel universe where I won that field day race? If that's something you're hoping for, you want the many worlds theory, and you'll need some help from quantum mechanics. Like the mechanics of the tiniest particles within atoms. That physics is fascinating. I heard physicist Richard Feynman once even said, I think I can safely say that nobody understands quantum mechanics. Totally. Here's what you need to know about quantum mechanics. On a large scale, like with the big things we see every day, we can predict how they will move in space-time. But on the quantum level, classic laws of physics break down. The best we can do is predict a few places where a particle might be, or how likely it is to be there. Can particles exist in multiple places at once? When we look at a particular moment, the particles show up in just one location. It's like taking a picture of a ball flying through the air. In the photo, it's 10 feet up, but it doesn't indicate where the ball is right now. So the particle exists there, but could have been elsewhere. It just happened to be there? Right. But in the many worlds theory, there is another world or universe where that same particle is in a different possible location. But if that happens each time a particle could be in one place or another, that would mean there would have to be... An infinite number of worlds, all branching out at every moment, so that all things that can happen, do happen. Regret a decision you've made in your life? This says there is a world where you made the opposite choice. You hear that, Kendra? In another world, you didn't break my heart, and we're still together. Aw, you should be thankful, Nate. You are better off without her. (sighs) My heart takes a long time to heal. Anyway, an important element of this theory is that these separate universes can't intersect or interact. Well, then we can't even test this theory, right? Yes, which makes the new many interacting worlds theory so compelling. So this time the worlds can interact. Exactly. Scientists think these multiple worlds, especially similar ones, would have a universal force of repulsion that made one affect the other on a quantum level. If these are the effects, then there might be clues hidden in the very smallest places? That could mean a world of possibilities. Yep. Scientists need to see if the math checks out, but if it does, there is far more than just one world of possibilities. I feel like this is changing my concept of literally everything. (laughs) These theories are just that, though. Theories. And there is not consensus, much less proof. Most good ideas start as theories. That's true. And I'll say Stephen Hawking once described the many worlds theory as self-evidently true. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all worlds are created equal. Thomas Jefferson, the first quantum physicist. Who knew? (laughs) Let's recap what we learned today to wrap up. With emerging science on the dangers of some cleaning products, we covered ways that you can shop safely and responsibly. Look for products with a Safer Choice stamp of approval from the EPA. Shifting blobs of molten iron, 29 million hands beneath the Earth's surface, have caused the magnetic North Pole to sprint across the top of the globe. It rushes away from where it's been since its discovery in Canada towards Siberia. New theories about the universe means that ours might not be the only one out there. Whether it's the multiverse, many worlds, or many interacting worlds, researchers are taking the fiction out of science fiction, and infinite versions of you might exist. Curiosity Daily is produced by Wheelhouse DNA for Discovery. You can follow our show wherever you get your podcasts, and we would love it if you could take a second to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. 